Hello and welcome to SPAG Dialogue's big event this Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Thank you everyone who's taken out the time today to participate in this very important discussion. I'd like to thank our knowledge partners for this event, Roche, and our other partners, Leap.club, Pinkathon, and Varian, for supporting us in this course. This is not just another event for us at SPAG Dialogue. This one is special. Breast cancer continues to be one of the most stigmatized diseases across the world. And till date, women live in uncertainty with regards to symptoms, clinical protocols, treatment, but more so about the impact it can have on them psychologically and physically. We have come together today to do our bit in paving the road to a more informed world, one where there is no stigma, no uncertainty, and there is no fear. I'd like everyone to know that this event is also being streamed live on Facebook. Please share the link with you in your chat box. And you can circulate that with people that you think might be interested in knowing more about their journey through breast cancer. So on that note, let me welcome our keynote speaker for today, Reema Sangvi. She's the co-founder of Pinkathon, which is India's largest community for women's health that has not only taken up the cause of breast cancer awareness, but done wonders with it. So I don't think there's enough that I can say about you, Reema, that will do you justice. So thank you so much for being part of this event today. Over to you. Thank you, Ignore. Thank you so much. Well, hello, everybody. And uh, well, more than half a century ago, Goffman defined stigma as an attribute that is deeply discrediting. Stigma reduces the person from a whole and usual person to a tainted and a discounted one. Well, Pinkathon is a run that was started to address the stigma around the women matters, especially breast cancer. When we started the Pinkathon in 2012 with Mumbai as one city, uh, it was so difficult for us to get women to run in that first year, but we still managed to assemble 2,500 women who came and ran and celebrated that particular Sunday. They celebrated themselves on that particular day. They celebrated their stories, their life. And when we saw that on that one, on that um, Sunday, there was no looking back. We knew this was the need of the hour. We knew that such events were required to address what was happening, to address the stigma. What we see today is that we are eight cities strong and we are 100,000 women running year on year, yet again, celebrating um, themselves in all. And we see every shape, every size just coming out on that particular Sunday and celebrating themselves and sharing their stories. And I think that was the need of the hour. Pinkathon was no more a run. It was a revolution owned by the women of India. It actually changed my life because the first Sunday, which was in uh, 2012, when I saw those stories coming out, I knew that we had, something had to be done, something bigger had to be done. And this message, this spreading of awareness, this messaging did not need to stop. And we continued, and it was the motivation that we received from the women that we continued to the, grow the movement called Pinkathon. Many remarkable women 
have been featured or shared their stories and inspired the change for better, demonstrating great strength in their fight against breast cancer. And perceptions related to one owns body may impact the women's sense of identity, her self-esteem, her acceptance, her sexuality, and also perceive the stigma. You know, wide range of psychological issues, diagnosis of breast cancer, first of all, including accepting the diagnosis, adjusting to disorders, anxiety, which may progress to even clinical depression. So not only was Pinkathon preaching that physical fitness was the need of the hour, but even mental fitness. And the community, the community of Pinkathon suddenly became a safe space, a space which would help these amazing cancer warriors to share their stories, to tell them that they are not alone. And this was a place that they belonged to. I would like to share a little story, which, uh, which is the most inspiring story, which is why Pinkathon took place. And that was the story of Devika Bhojwani. And uh, she actually, when she uh, had breast cancer, she was unable to even speak about it to her own family. And today, Pinkathon was born because of her story, because we realized that even people like Devi Kapojwani, who are from extremely well-educated backgrounds, were unable to talk to their families about breast cancer. And the stigma attached to a breast cancer was humongous. And Pinkathon was born to address this stigma, this, um, uh, this space that need, need, needed to be created. And that's exactly what Pinkathon did today. I would urge, all women today, you know, it is so important that the advice that I give today is um, taken seriously because Pinkathon preaches this day in and day out. Keep your weight in check, be physically fit, eat lots of fruits and vegetables, do not smoke, breastfeed as much as possible, don't forget screening. I think we all believe that it is never going to happen to us. And that is the problem. I think we must get screened at the age of 40 and above. You must get screened and also understand your family history. And if you have the history of breast cancer in your family, then please get screened even 10 years before. And just, it's better to get checked, right? And this is, uh, so our only motto is that together we will be stronger. Speak up, talk about it, be vigilant, be optimistic. Is my thank you so much, Rima, for that, Sorry, that beautiful people. speech. We can absolutely hear you. Uh, is there more that you'd like to add? No, my video is uh, going away. <laughs> Give me a second. We can hear you though, uh, very clearly. Okay, something's happening. I'm so sorry. All right, I think we've, we've faced a slight technical snag there, which I think is something that we've come to terms with through the period that we've been living in for the last one year. But I'd like to take this opportunity to just thank uh, Rima. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your views. And I think Pinkathon has done great work in terms of bringing a community together. And that's really what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the journey that a breast cancer patient goes through right from beginning to end and how how we can create a world for them that 
they feel is a safe one. So thank you so much, Rima. And on that note, I think uh, we'll get started with our panel discussion for the day. Before I introduce the panel, I'd once again like to thank our partners for this event, Roche, and our other partners, Leap.Club, Pinkathon, and Varian. I think Rima has just about managed to get her camera on. Rima, is there something you'd like to add just before we move on to the panel discussion? I think so technical glitches are a part of our journey uh, through the last one year, so no worries about that. I'm so sorry about this, but I think, uh, okay, we're pressed for time here, but I think uh, I would just like to end with a line that you never know how strong you are until being strong is the only option you have. So guys, I think uh, it's uh, all the breast cancer survivors and warriors out there. This is my message to you that we are there for you as a community. Pinkathon is there for you as a community and uh, please be a part of this get yourself out there, be fit, stay active, and uh, remember that you always have a friend in Pinkathon. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Rima. That was absolutely beautiful. And I think it's the perfect uh, tone that you have set for this discussion. Thank I'm you so much for being a part of this event. I don't know what just happened. Not at all. I think, like I said, we are absolutely used to technical glitches at this point. So no worries. Thank you so much for joining us today. And you've really set the tone for this discussion. So without further ado, I'm going to jump right into the panel discussion for today and introduce our lovely panelists who've decided to come and support us uh, for this event. Not uh, forgetting our partners, Roche, Leap.Club, Pinkathon, and Varian, who've supported us in this event today. But uh, bringing on our panelists, Dr. Minu Valia is a renowned cancer specialist with almost 30 years of experience in treating cancer patients. She's the first DNB medical oncologist of India. Currently, she spearheads the Department of Medical Oncology and Hematology at Max Super Speciality Hospital in Patparganj, Vaishali, and Noida. Also joining us is Dr. Govind Babu. He is a medical oncologist at St. John's Medical College and HCG Hospital. Also, he is currently the president of Indian Society for Medical and Patriotic Oncology. Roshri Datta is our third panelist. She's a senior director, marketing Asia Pacific, Japan, and India at Varian. She has an extensive experience in her industry and will be lending some key insights to the discussion today. Manju Katyal is a breast cancer survivor who's joining us, and I doubt anything that I say would do justice to her. We can't wait to hear from her today about her experience through it all. Ma'am, if you have camera on, please do that and join this discussion. Thank you so much to all our lovely panelists for joining us. I'd like to mention that this event is bilingual so that we can include panelists in our so we um, conversation English and Hindi. Thank you so much, everybody. And I think let's get started with this discussion. We have a lot of topics that we want to address today, but I want to get started with the basic topic. And I want to bring Dr. Meenu Walia in first. I want to understand from you, Dr. Walia, what is the starting point? And I think a lot of people who have joined us today in this discussion want to know that. What is the starting point? How does one navigate this journey from symptoms to diagnosis? Where does it all really begin? So Iknur, I must say you have asked a very, very valid and an impertinent question. The starting point is, it is all about the starting point. It is all about recognizing the starting point. And it is at the starting point where most of us fail. So the starting point is about the first symptom about 
uh, when it happens in a lady, the first symptom, and in many cases, in many cases, even in metros, even in uh, like cases in places like Delhi, like I am practicing with Max Hospital in in the heart of the city, and where you have really elite and the educated population. So very recently, only I had seen a seen a lady, a very educated lady, principal of a school, who came to me with a breast lump, with a breast lump which has been there for almost eight to nine months almost a year and she had not had the courage she had not had the had the i mean she did not go she did not go to any doctor she did not tell the family members she did not got herself evaluated so the starting point is not only the first symptom the starting point is awareness about the disease how the disease can uh, can present and the starting point is also awareness about the prevention of the disease and the screening about the disease because in western world we talk so much about that we talk about catching breast cancer early even in stage zero and we talk about screening even before you feel a lump in the breast we talk about mammography for every lady after the age of 40 but in our country we are still struggling what to say of screening we are still struggling to tell them that these are the symptoms at least i mean you one needs to be aware of what prevents breast cancer one needs to be aware of how we can pick it up early what we need to do even before the symptoms develop but at least when the symptoms fill up, then please, please, please don't take it as a taboo. Talk to people, talk to somebody in the family, go and show to your family doctor at least. Absolutely. And I think that is where most people get, get you know, stuck in a way. There are a lot of also suggestions that come in from families, right? Which don't let you go ahead and eventually get that screening done. In fact, I want to I wanna go back and forth from between technicalities and real life stories and just kind of getting a whole uh, holistic perspective. I mean, Manju Katyal ji ko chahungi ki wo apna camera on kar le. Manju ji, Dr. Valya ne bhoat important point mentioned kya ki jo patients hoote hai, wo jaake apna aapko screen nahi karwate, test nahi karwate aur mainly early detection isse nahi hoota hai. अगर आप थोड़ा सा अपने सफर के बारे में हमें अगर बता सकती हैं आपको कब पता चला कि आपको ब्रेस्ट कैंसर था मेरे को थोड़ा थोड़ा सा हल्का-हल्का सा बुखार होने लग गया था मुझे मालूम नहीं था 10 15 दिन मेरे को बुखार हुआ है उसके बाद 15 दिन के बाद मेरे को फील हुआ कि मेरे को लंप है इसमें ब्रेस्ट में लेफ्ट साइड में तो मैंने इमीडिएटली डॉक्टर को दिखाया अपनी जो फैमिली डॉक्टर थी उसको दिखाया तो उन्होंने बोला कि आप अल्ट्रासाउंड करवाओ और अल्ट्रासाउंड में उसको थोड़ा सा शक हुआ तो उसने बोला मैमोग्राफी करवाओ मैमोग्राफी में उसने बोला कि आप इधर-उधर मत जाइए आप सीधा डॉक्टर गीता के पास जाइए तो हम मेरे घर वालों ने बिल्कुल टाइम वेस्ट नहीं किया इमीडिएट इसको लिया और डॉक्टर गीता के यहां पर मैं गई मैक्स हॉस्पिटल में और वहां जाके उन्होंने बोला कि आप आगे इसका ये उनको तो डाउट था ही कि है कैंसर ही है उस टाइम में जैसे सबको फील होता है एकदम से पैरों के नीचे से जमीन निकल जाती है जो सब सब पेशेंट्स को रिएक्ट करता है वो मेरे को भी हुआ पर उस टाइम में मैंने देखा है कि आप अपने ब्रेन को बैलेंस कर लो ना तो ये आगे की जर्नी जो है ना वो बहुत इजी हो जाती है 
मैक्स हॉस्पिटल सके से लेके घर आने तक मेरे बेटे ने पूरा मेरा ब्रेन वॉश कर दिया उसने बोला कि अगर ये प्रॉब्लम आ ही गई है तो इस प्रॉब्लम का हमने ये सोचना है कि हमने इसका सलूशन कैसे लेना है और कहता आप अपने ना ब्रेन की जो कंप्यूटर है ना उसकी प्रॉपिस बंद कर दो इधर उधर की बेकार की बातें सोचने का आप आप ये सोचो कि मैंने इस जर्नी को कैसे अपने आप को हैंडल कैसे करना है और पॉजिटिव हो जाओ और वो कहते हैं कि पूरा ट्रीटमेंट तो हमने करवाना ही करवाना है और जो डॉक्टर बोलेगा वो करना ही करना है बहुत से लोग जो मैंने देखा है कि बीच में छोड़ देते हैं पर ये गलत बात है ट्रीटमेंट जो है वो जैसे डॉक्टर कहे वो पूरा उसको फॉलो करना चाहिए और करना चाहिए उसको पूरा लेना चाहिए एक चीज़ जो आपने बोली मंजू जी मेरे साथ मेरे साथ बिल्कुल बैठ गई है एंड आई वांट टू टेक दैट डॉक्टर गोविंद बाबू दैट पैरों के नीचे से जमीन हिल जाना यू नो दिस इज समथिंग दैट वी हियर फ्रॉम सो मेनी कैंसर पेशेंट एंड ब्रेस्ट कैंसर स्पेशली बिकॉज सो मच स्टिग्मा अटैच टू इट राइट वाई इज दैट सो मच फियर यू नो वाई इज इट दैट देर इज दैट काइंड ऑफ फियर because when we talk of it from a from a purely technical uh, medical as uh, perspective how do you really look at it is there a need for that much fear to be there when when people come to know that uh, they have breast cancer asal mein kya ki humne apni sorry maine no no ye han ji han ji boliye manju ji uske baad hum dr gobind babu maine to zindagi mein insaan kabhi ye sochta nahi hai ki mere sath ye ho sakta hai isliye pairon ke niche se zameen khis gayi hai of course aur jab ho jata hai to usko kaise aapne lena ye sabse badi jo hai ye main kehti hu ki ye bahut badi baat hoti hai ki aapne usko lena kaise usko cancer we always used to call it as big c no and uh, when they say cancer it was considered a death sentence this was the days when i started oncology in fact the stigma was not just for cancer it was not just for patients they asked people asked me why are you going into oncology even the doctors would get stigmatized so that was the situation but today we know that uh, patients are living much longer many cancers are getting cured including breast cancer the main point is to detect breast cancer early because then if you detect them early their lifespan could be as normal as a person who did not have cancer so this is very very important to remember and as dr minu said uh, it is not education it is not how rich you are uh, that uh, you get the detect detection done early and take treatment i can give you an example of a staff nurse who had breast cancer she knew it was but she waited for one year because her son was going abroad and she didn't want his problems uh, her problems to come in the way of his uh, future so i think the unique thing in our indian society is that the woman puts herself behind the rest of the family so i think that is not the thing that they should do because they believe that if they say that they have this problem the rest of the family will you know will get destroyed 
So I tell them it's important that you take care of yourself because if you are not all right, you are the pillar for the family. And if you don't take care of yourself, then and neglect yourself, then your whole family is destroyed. So I think this is very, very important for us it's to say. It's a catch-22 situation. Exactly. Or, you know, doctor, where they're like, we are the pillars this, of the family. Something yes. happens to us. And the, you know, exactly. what will everybody do? But then at the same time, they exactly. don't take care of themselves. Exactly. So this How is a they? sort of a thing that we need to drive into the brains of all our Indian women. And I think society and men. I think it's, it's society course. as a whole, right? That, that's is for women. Don't worry. <laughs> Absolutely. And I want to bring in Roshni here on this point because uh, Roshni is a messaging that's attached to breast cancer as well. And I think like that, that this is one aspect that I want to cover in the first phase before I move on to really like technical aspects in terms of clinical protocols, etc. Is that the messaging attached to breast cancer is such, you know, that leads to this societal understanding of it and that leads to the stigma kind of being enhanced. How do we really change that messaging? You know, what do we do? And I remember, and I mean, there have been these other diseases that have that have had that kind of stigma earlier as well, right? I mean, we've seen how messaging around AIDS, for instance, changed dramatically over the years just through communication campaigns that were done to do so. Why is that not happening with breast cancer? It's been years now. Thanks, Iknur, for the question. It's actually a quite an extensive question, and I think you know, parts of the answer Dr. Minu and Dr. Govind, uh, you know, somehow touched upon. But I think the one thing that comes to mind with regards to messaging is, I want to continue from Dr. Uh, Babu's uh, points, is that the fear around the prognosis. So you, you have symptoms, you get detected, and you get diagnosed. But then the whole fear that comes with it, that what after, what, what after, you know, what happens after this? I think once we remove the fear and the messaging around the fear, uh, it kind of probably takes care of, to a great extent the stigma associated with this. And where I'm coming from is if you see uh, data from Western countries, like if you take, say, US, for example, 60 to 70 percent of the breast cancer patients are detected at stage one. Whereas if you take the case of India, for example, approximately 50, more than 50% are at stage three already. And, and with every stage um, you know, progression, of course, the prognosis becomes worse and worse and worse. So it's, it's completely linked in chain. So if you see majority of women getting diagnosed and then the prognosis being negatively uh, tainted, then of course, it, it kind of gives a self-fulfilling prophecy towards this fear. And, and the fear keeps continuing again and again. So I think the first message that probably needs to go out with regards to breast cancer is that breast cancer can be completely cured and you know, treated 100% if diagnosed early. And, and then also bringing home the fact that the treatment methods available today are far more advanced than they were probably even 10 years back with regards to radiation therapy, immunotherapy and whatnot, that you know, patients need not really fear how bad the, the whole treatment procedure is gonna be like. And sometimes it's not the fear of the diagnosis or the fear of the disease itself, but the fear of the treatment because patients are afraid about a painful treatment and a lengthy treatment, which keeps them off work or off household activities and so on. The scary C, as Dr. Babu mentioned, was is not just is not just cancer chemotherapy. I know for a fact, and we've spoken to so many people through the last uh, couple of weeks. People are scared of the treatment. And Dr. Valia, I just want to understand, you know, 
how do the clinical protocols really work and are we following them today in india i think that is really important to know are we really going step by step of course manju ji ne bataya ki unki journey kaise rahi wo unko pata unko bukhar hua unko pata chala ki lump hai wo doctor ke paas gaye they were tests and then they found out that uh, she has cancer and of course and the treatment was decided but protocol sahi tarike se follow ho raha hai india mein yeah there is some gap so uh, ignore the answer to your question is both yes and no and why yes i will rather say we are very fortunate in our country to have best of the international standardized protocols being followed at all the major institutions so all over our country whether it is north south any part of the country wherever you have those major institutions you have best of the protocols that are being followed and rather so many times we get complimented dr govind babu will also be a witness to that we get complimented by our peers outside who are in us and who are in uk recently only i was doing treatment of of my patients and her uh, uh, her niece happened to be a oncologist in us and she actually complimented and uh, gave sent us a big, huge letter saying that ki what you guys are doing in india even in us i mean uh, not everybody not every center can for can give this kind of this world class the standard of treatment uh, to our patients so that is that answers the first part of your question where i said yes but then there a part comes is when i said no also no also is protocols are being followed in inter, in the institutions in the big hospitals where there are teams which are doing that but there will be in our country we understand there is a huge lot of a population which stays in the villages and which do not have access to these best of these hospitals and oncologists and standard uh, standard places so in our country i will rather say there is a huge gap in something like for example for many patients also we sometimes see even if they are educated even if they are, they have access to the best of the hospitals for a very very long time it will be for fever for example something like fever for very very long time your chemist or is your first treating physician so they will try to take treatment from their chemist because it's not like uh, us that you without, you can you get medicines without prescription so the first point is always your chemist and you go and ask bukhar ho raha hai this is happening what is happening and he will be the first doctor who will tell you the expert treatment and the patient will keep on taking treatment for i mean not invariably you see there for 15 days or a month and it depends on how severe the problem is and then when they don't get relief they will then change the chemist probably not still not go to a hospital or a doctor then go to uh, and if not relieved then probably they go to some some physician some local physician who maybe any physician so if they have a problem regarding heart also but they will go to a gastroenterologist simply because they will get a free advice and maybe that happens to be the next man the man staying next to uh, next to his house and it is by the time he ultimately really lands up with the real problem and the real doctor 
there is a lot of lacuna there. This is actually a very sad state of affairs. People who can afford the world. And fortunately, in our country, it is not like that everything is rooted through a physician and then there are long queues of appointments and uh, uh, like that. It is not that. Medical advances in our country is a way beyond than we ever imagined. But we can, we are capable, and we are actually giving the best of the treatment which is available for the patient. But then the gap lies in sometimes it is the real ignorance, sometimes it is the real logistic problems, but sometimes it is accessibility. But sometimes it is none of them, it is just the attitude. It is just the attitude because we Indians sometimes tend to feel is that health is something we never plan for our health never think that health is important we plan for a house we plan for a child's marriage we plan for a daughter's marriage we plan for everything else but we never plan that with age the health problems may arise and preventive health is an important aspect of our life and, and another thing before before i end i must uh, compliment uh, uh, Roshni uh, pointed out a very, very important thing. Why people don't go land up with the oncologist is it is not so much of the fear about the disease per se, it is also the fear about the treatment. Because somehow that kind of a how I mean, I'll say is being created, like chemos will be given and they are very painful treatment. People don't know about what are the latest. For example, immunotherapy, we are doing immuno-oncology and so many things. But on the name of immunotherapy, every term they can give some concoction of herbs and says this is immunotherapy which is much more cheaper than the immunotherapy the real not the real evidence-based immunotherapy so i rather in that i really appreciate mrs manju katyal because when she went through chemotherapy and how boldly she uh gone she had gone through that journey and today i mean these are the faces which should come to the forefront people feel somebody who would have gone through chemotherapy a bald face a dark face and uh, i mean your looks become you look like a demon but here we have her who have gone through all this and she's more beautiful i will rather say i always felt that she's more beautiful than any other person around me Absolutely, she's radiating and we are so proud of the journey that uh, Manju Katyal has taken. Ma'am, in fact, the next question was directed to her. Uh, accessibility is something you spoke about, uh, Dr. Valya, and I uh, want to talk to uh, Manjuji about that. When we talk about things like PET scan, we know that these are institutions available waiting can go up to up to two, three months sometimes. And I mean, a lot of us have had personal experiences where we know accessibility problems, hai, right? Manjuji, problems face in terms of test waiting drug also through the treatment chemotherapy radiation you know black marks पर जाएंगे बाल गिर जाएंगे ये चीजों से ये लोग बहुत डरते हैं चीजों से आपकी जर्नी कैसी रही मेरी जर्नी बहुत इजी रही डॉक्टर मीनू ने मैं कहती हूं बहुत अच्छी है ये 
और इन्होंने जब मैं इनके पास के कीमोथेरेपी के लिए तो इन्होंने बोला कि आपने क्या सुना कीमोथेरेपी के लिए तो मैंने कहा कहते गूगल वगैरह पे कुछ तो इन्होंने स्माइल देके कहा कुछ तो आपने सुना होगा मैंने कहा नहीं मैंने कुछ नहीं सुना क्योंकि हर आदमी की बॉडी जो है वो कैसे रिएक्ट करती है ये हम लोगों को नहीं मालूम है मैंने कहा मैं तो एक प्लेन पेपर हूँ और मैं ये देखूंगी कि मेरी इसमें मेरी जर्नी में क्या होता है क्या नहीं होता तो उसके बाद इन्होंने डॉक्टर मीनू वालिया ने मेरे को बोला कि ठीक है आप सरवाइव कर जाओगे उस हिसाब से जिस हिसाब से आपकी सोच है जैसे जैसे ये होता था ये मेरा हेलो हेलो हाँ जी आपकी आवाज आ रही है मंजू जी आपका वीडियो बंद हो गया है पर आपकी आवाज आ रही है हाँ तो इन्होंने मेरे को बोला कि आप ठीक है इन्होंने मेरी इसमें बड़ी मैं जब कीमो करवा भी रही थी तो तब उस टाइम में इन्होंने मेरे को इतना पुश किया मेरे को रैम वॉक के लिए भेजा मैं तो इनकी देनी दे नहीं सकती हूँ क्योंकि मैं इतनी शाही और इतनी मैं थी इन्होंने इतना पुश किया मेरे को इतना पुश किया और जब मैं रैम वॉक के लिए स्टेज पर गई तो मैंने अपने आप को ये समझा कि मैं तो बड़े इम्पोर्टेंट हूँ इसमें और थ्रू आउट इन्होंने हर बात में समझाते थे हालांकि मेरी अपनी बेवकूफियों से कई बार मेरे को एक दो बार प्रॉब्लम हुई है पर वो जब हम डॉक्टर की बात नहीं मानते हैं तब मैंने देखा उस बात में होता है इसलिए मैं हरे को ये बोलूंगी कि जैसे डॉक्टर आपको करें उसी हिसाब से आप लोगों को चलना चाहिए पूरी प्रिकॉशंस लेनी चाहिए उनके अकॉर्डिंगली चलना चाहिए क्योंकि डॉक्टर्स को ज्यादा मालूम होता है कि आप आपके लिए ठीक क्या है आपके लिए गलत क्या है मैं तो ये कहूंगी और मेरा पौने दो साल के करीब ट्रीटमेंट चला है क्योंकि मेरे को हर सेप्टेन के इंजेक्शन भी लगे हैं तो पर उसमें इन्होंने मेरे को कोई लंबी चौड़ी कोई प्रॉब्लम नहीं हुई कुछ नहीं हुआ मेरे को कोई ऐसी प्रॉब्लम मेरे को आई नहीं है थोड़ी बहुत जो होती है थोड़े साइड इफेक्ट जो होते हैं वो तो हुए थे उसमें पर ऐसी नहीं पर मैं समझती हूँ कि डॉक्टर्स जो है वो जितने पॉजिटिव अगर आप हो उतने अगर पॉजिटिव डॉक्टर भी होते हैं तो आपकी जर्नी ज्यादा अच्छी रहती है बाल चले गए तो उसमें क्या हो गया लोग कहते हैं हाय बाल चले जाते हैं बाल चले गए तो Absolutely. I think, uh, आपने आपने आपको म्यूट कर लिया गलती से हेलो हाँ जी हाँ जी आपकी आवाज आ रही है तो बाल चले गए तो डॉक्टर डौक, मेरे को कहते हैं कि आप कोई बात नहीं आप उसमें जहां पर भीड़ नहीं है आप उसमें जा सकते हैं तो मैं बिना भीड़ वाले उसमें मॉल में चली गई मेरे में इतना कॉन्फिडेंस उसमें बूस्ट किया उसमें कि मेरे बाल नहीं है तो क्या हुआ मैं तो अपने आप को वो समझती थी कि मैं बड़ी सेलिब्रिटी हूँ कि मैंने बाल नहीं है तो क्योंकि उन दिनों में शबानाथ में खुद वो बाल ऐसे उसने हेयर अपने रिमूव करवा के वो जाती थी तो ये छोटी छोटी चीजें अगर हम इनको करें तो उसमें कोई नहीं है बाल तो बाल तो फिर आ जाएंगे it's not as rough as people make it sound and of course it comes with its challenges 
but it's really a means to an end. You know, you need to go through that treatment in order to live a healthy life. Uh, but uh, a question that I did ask uh, Manjuji also, and I want to bring that to you from a very uh, from a medical infrastructure perspective, is that there are tests um, that do have waiting for months sometimes, and in India, accessibility does continue to be a big problem when it comes to breast cancer and other types of cancer as well. How does one really fight that challenge? You know, where's that missing link? How do yeah. we bridge that gap? So I think, if not, you mentioned about PET scan waiting period is three months. That is in the US, not in India. In India... <laughs> a couple of years ago in India as well. <laughs> no, no, no. I think you went to the wrong place. In fact, there is hardly any waiting. In fact, patients should feel happy that there is no waiting list here. In India, they can just walk into any doctor's chamber and they will be seen. Unlike in the US where they have to wait for six months to get an appointment. So the I think that's a myth. I think that's a myth. I'm glad that you've busted here yeah, yeah, because definitely. I clearly, I mean, these are myths that exist, right? Outside exactly. when people talk about it that, oh my God, yes. uh, we'll not be able to get tested. Absolutely. There is a waiting. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad you, I'm really glad Correct. that you did that. And as Dr. Minu said, the first person a patient will go to is a pharmacist. And, you know, many times that pharmacy is not manned by a qualified pharmacist also. He would have left a person who is, you know, who knows nothing. And he will send that patient, he will give whatever medicine he has. And if he doesn't get better, he will send him to a, you know, a, a sort of a non-qualified quack. Because that is what that guy knows. So unfortunately, patients waste time in going from pillar to post and not going to the right place. But I think programs like this are slowly picking up. People are getting aware. I think today, uh, everybody in India have access to social media, TV. So I think the awareness is definitely there. And facilities not being available is not true. Even in most government hospitals in India today, the basic treatment for breast cancer is available free of cost. People have to go there. That is the main thing. And pro one thing you talked about protocols being followed, by and large protocols are followed everywhere. In fact, the Indian Council of Medical Research along with many other societies have put in protocols talking about what is the best and tailored it to our Indian society as to what is the basic minimum that should be done. So that basic minimum is affordable everywhere across India. And in fact, there is a proposal that at every medical college, they need to open an oncology wing so that patients don't have to travel long distances to get treatment. So that is the in another thing that is happening. And of course, everybody talks about the cost being very high in India. In fact, compared to the rest of the world, we are the most affordable and we have the best treatment. In fact, the therapies that we give in India has been a study for the Harvard Business School. And they've actually shown that for the investment that is there, our outcomes are much, much better than what happens in the West. You know, the term called ROI, return on your investment, is much, much better in India. So we have a lot of medical tourism happening in India, if you must know. A lot of people from UK, US, and a lot of Gulf countries are coming to India. Because in US and UK, they have to go through the system where it's a long waiting period. And we have had patients who come here and take treatment. So that is very, very important for us to remember. So those are issues that are myths. And as uh, and I'm so glad that you've set the record state. I think it's really important also. I think these are things that are just there 
they're out there in society these are yes. things that people genuinely Correct. they discuss in drawing rooms right people Correct. believe that this and i always and... tell my patients you know before they come they are brainwashed by a lot of people so i tell them you have 1.3 billion people in india and you will get 2.6 billion advices for free which have no basis <laughs> for anything and as mrs manju said i always whatever i tell my patients they're not convinced so i have a lot of patients who are willing to talk to the uh, new patient so i use the old patients who have finished their treatment who are doing well so i think whatever we say people who have undergone this treatment they are the best people to support the new patient so i have a group of patients who are willing to do it and that really helps that that's that's really so important as well right yeah. uh, in fact we have a lot of questions that are attendees and a lot of people who registered and who probably are watching live on facebook or will watch the event later as well have sent in when they registered for this event which i'll write to take up but before we jump into the q and a session and like and i'd like to tell our attendees that if they have any questions at this point of time you can either comment on the live link um on facebook with your question or you can just put it in the q and a box over here on zoom if you've joined here but um we'll also be taking we'll be taking both sets of questions so don't worry nobody's questions going to get missed a lot of them are very very basic uh, questions though so we kind of categorize them and we will be taking them up but before i move into those i just want to get a quick um, overview from you roshni in terms of you know the stigma that exists and of course we had reema who kind of set the tone in the beginning talking about that stigma and the fact that you know pinkathon as a community came together to beat that stigma as well and today we are looking at creating an informed world so that we break that stigma because at the end of the day i think the crux of everything that we've spoken about over here preconceived notions etc comes from that stigma right what is the way forward and how do how do we really ensure that that stigma doesn't exist in society again thanks ignore um yes i think i touched upon this point slightly so let me you know earlier let me expand on this so definitely there's like a whole lot of like from the the whole patient's journey from early symptoms to diagnosis and then treatment there are several challenges that present themselves and you know like the way i like to think about it these challenges are not just socio cultural and economic but also some systemic challenges and the stigma arises of course out of the socio cultural and economic you know challenges and definitely dr babu uh, dr walia manju and um, you know they've covered this in extensive extensive detail but i want to come back to the same point again i think the point being uh, we have to understand whether the stigma is arising out of uh, lack of awareness of the disease itself the fear around the disease and i would say by and large this the stigma around disease occurs across every disease and there there was a point when there was stigma around diabetes there was a point when there there's still stigma around mental health for example right so this is probably one of that you know similar situation but it becomes more complex because it's related to women's health and by and large and as was covered before women's health often take a low low priority in in you know in in the social construct of things in general in in india probably and in many many other places in the world as well so as as long as we can elevate women's health to being socially and economically important not just at home but also at the workplace i think we have a chance of battling that stigma then the then the next question is the stigma is probably this whole thing around survival that okay i've got diagnosed let me hide it because you know i might not even survive 
Well, that, that is a myth I think we need to break. You know, while that might be true for a very minor percentage of cases, uh, but that's not true today for sure. And like Dr. Walia and Dr. Babu mentions, I think in India, we practice some of the best care facilities. We have the best care across as what you would find in any developed country and market. Um, so, so that fear I think needs to be tackled. And I would say that's where we need to focus a lot of our energies and efforts on in building the right awareness on what are the possible treatment methodologies, what are the options available? And that's where I would say the systemic challenge comes to my mind because you know, let's we must first all understand that early detection is only valuable if it leads to timely and correct diagnostic follow-up and effective treatment. So even if there's early diagnosis and not any of the others, it's it's a worse. And that that lends to the fear and that lends to the stigma and, and negative results and prognosis. So so I think at the time of diagnosis as a system, we also need to understand and evaluate the healthcare system and understand are the patients diagnosed and staged correctly? Are the patients then referred to the right physicians for follow-up and treatment to you know, Dr. Minu's point earlier? Are the patients also being made of, aware of all the treatment options available to them that are safe and effective? Or is it just, you know, they're told, okay, you have to remove your breasts after, you know, so. Uh, as, as a treatment option, as the only treatment option, and probably that's lending into the fear and stigma. So there could be several of these analytics that needs to be done and effort put behind all of these. Absolutely. Um, I want to also actually, since you mentioned that, highlight the fact that while uh, one point that I feel like we have not addressed is that do we do we also look at the fact that the stigma not only arises from the fear of the disease, but also the impact of it in terms of uh, how, you know, a woman's body, the way she looks. And I think Dr. Valia mentioned that briefly, but I think that is the real stigma that we're trying to, that we really need to beat, right? I think because, because in most cases uh, of breast cancer, it leads to breast surgery. And I think that is where a lot of people get a lot, get scared. When I, when I mentioned clinical protocols, I think one of my uh, key um, questions was really embedded in the fact that, is there a way, are there protocols uh, that do actually look at avoiding surgery and treating cancer as well? And are people aware of those options? Uh, Dr. Walia, if you'd like to answer that. So again, I will say ignore a very relevant question for all the ladies around because uh, the message that should go home to each and everybody is breast cancer surgery is also not about losing your breasts. So even if surgery is being done, it does not always mean that you lose your breasts. So it, it is all the more reason that you come earlier to the doctor, the earlier you come to you come to the right specialist, when the size of the tumor is less, when the tumor has not spread any, uh, anywhere else, where a lot of breast conservation surgeries can be done. Where what about breast conservation when we talk about? We are talking about just removing a part of the breast tissue only and the retain and retaining the rest of the breast tissue and then definitely a lot many things reconstruction can be done if a lot many things can happen and the cosmesis can be maintained so it is not i mean it breast uh, cancer surgery does not in today's date means losing your femininity 
you can be we have n number of patients we have n number of people who were fortunate enough to come at the right time where the breast can be saved and the cosmesis can give the give almost near normal results so that is the way that is and that is the reason that one needs to be more aware because earlier in the disease course you come to know about the disease when the disease is uh, still smaller or uh, there more are the chances that your breast will be saved so it's, it's about people knowing that these are the options that exist right it's also about them kind of being aware that these are these are the options and of course at the end of the day, everybody trusts the doctor that they're going to. And uh, I'm going to jump straight into yeah. our questions because we, I'm, I'm also very conscious of the time. And we have a lot of questions that uh, people have asked uh, today. So just uh, getting straight into, uh, you know, symptoms and diagnosis. There are a lot of people that have like basic questions with regards to that. The first one is that what are the symptoms and things to observe on your body in case you have those genes? Now, this is something that a lot of other people have also asked is, is it genetic? Will I get it if my mother had it? Uh, how do I come to know whether I have it or not if my mother already had it? These are a few questions that we got. So, um, Dr. Govind Babu, would you like to take that first? Yeah, sure. So, you know, this uh, genetic disorder being breast cancer associated came into big limelight because of uh, Angelina Jolie. You know, I think she brought about a lot of awareness for that. And we know that uh, some breast cancers are genetically linked, but uh, it is only a small percentage. So what happens is today, if we can detect whether this BRCA1 or 2 gene is positive in the patient, then we have some treatment options that are very specific for this type of uh, genetic cancers. More important, it is used to screen the rest of the family because it can be a tool to prevent breast cancers, uh, do a lot of other counseling therapies for all of them. So I think there are two aspects to this BRCA1 and 2 gene. So it's important that we look at this aspect. And like I said, it is the celebrity who's brought it up to the forefront and more and more people are aware of it. So I think these are things that are very, very important. Another question that's come in is that apart from early diagnosis, is there, a, is there prevention or is there like a way that you can navigate breast cancer more easily? Uh, Dr. Valia, would you like to take that? Uh, no, uh, can you please repeat the question? Yeah, uh, apart from early diagnosis, is there any other way to uh, not prevent breast cancer but navigate that journey better? So, yeah. Lot many things. Uh, for example, we need to be aware about the risk factors for breast cancer. So when we say there is a risk factor for breast cancer, what we mean is if these kind of risk factors are there, the chances of developing breast cancer are more. So risk factors further we further subdivide into there are certain risk factors which we say are non-modifiable risk factors. For example, if you are a woman, yes, definitely your chance of developing a breast cancer is higher compared to your male counterpart. If your age increases, even when you are a woman, if your age increases, your chances of breast cancer becomes higher. If you have a longer hormonal uh, uh, exposure of your body, something like you have your period starting early, that is an early menarche, or you have a late menopause, then your chances of breast cancer is slightly higher. If if your mother, your nanny, or somebody in your family had breast or ovarian cancer, or you have this breca mutation, your chances of having breast cancer is higher compared to a 
normal female. But these are something where you cannot do anything about it. So if my mother had, or if these things happen, then you cannot do anything about it. But then there is a whole list of risk factors where, which we say are modifiable risk factors, which are known to increase your risk of developing breast cancer. And one can really, if one is aware, one can really do a lot many things to decrease your chances of breast cancer. And what are these modifiable risk factors? These modifiable risk factors is something like data do say that if you have, you get married later, you have your first child later in your age, and you do not breastfeed your child, the chances of breast cancer are are higher. So if your first child happens after the age of 35 and you have not breastfed your child, the chances of breast cancer are higher. If you're obese, your chances of breast cancer are higher. If you follow a sedentary lifestyle, your chances of breast cancer is high, are higher. So these are all the things where a lot can be done you can try to keep your weight in check you can you can try to be physically active it is proven beyond doubt that physical activity combats cancers and uh, breast cancer also so if somebody is physically active as little as just 30 minutes of walk every day will decrease your chances of cancer to a great extent then eating a lot of fresh fruits and salads. These are all known as cancer-fighting foods. They decrease your chances of cancer compared to eating. I mean, people who take a lot of processed meats, red meat, and uh, all these kind of things, your chances of cancer increases. So these are simple lifestyle changes that needs to be done. We should be aware of uh, what to eat and uh, physical, we, in our medical language, we nowadays say sitting is the new smoking. So what is happening with the girls becoming more educated, we are all becoming more professional. We either don't either delay marriages or we take the decisions of not getting married or even when we get married we take the decisions of not having the child or even when we have a child we take the decision of not breastfeeding and then everything is like sitting in front of the computer we have uh, we have uh, like we have maids at home. So physical activity somehow seems to be going down the drain. And obesity as such, even in our children, is increasing. Our lifestyle is changing. Our eating patterns are changing. We want to go for packed foods, processed meat, processed meats, all red, and lot less of fruits and salads in our diet. So all these so, things... So it, one needs to be more mindful about what they're eating, they're moving, they're keeping their body in check, right? Basically, yeah. I think yeah. one just needs to be really kind to their bodies. And I think that kind of answers this one question that came in from one of our attendees, which is that what role does nutrition and exercise play in the recovery process? So you mentioned about prevention, but when somebody's recovering from uh, breast cancer, how much of a role does nutrition and exercise play in that? So it definitely plays a very, very important role, not only prevention of breast cancer, but also in the recovery process. So you need to talk to your oncologist, what diets to be taken, what diets should, should be taken. You should have a dietitian, which should be a part of your, uh, uh, like uh, this journey and even exercises. We do not encourage our patients to sit at home or to be bedridden during the course of the treatment. The more they remain physically active, the more they, but exercises again after consultation with for your doctor, because every cancer is different. Every yeah. cancer in every patient is different. Well, whether your yeah. bones are affected or not, what kind yeah. of exercises can be done, you should have 
Uh, and you don't want to be exerting. And you don't yeah. want to be physically exerting the patient. Yeah. In fact, Manju ji ko le, lana chaungi is point pe. Manju ji, aapne kya uh, exercise or nutrition liya jab aap uh, recovery process mein thi? Doctor sab ne mere ko jaise bola tha to wo waise main main vegetarian ho. To jaise saaf se unhone bola to nutrition ne usi saaf se wo diet li chidwa paneer aur ye sab kuch. और फ्रूट लोग कहते हैं ना कि ऐसे कैंसर से ट्रीटमेंट चल रहा है तो खाना बिल्कुल अच्छा खाने को नहीं मिलता है सब कुछ उबला उबला खाना पड़ता है ये सही है ये सच है आप लोगों को बताना चाहेंगे कि ऐसा बिल्कुल नहीं है <laughs> नहीं 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 ऐसा बिल्कुल नहीं है और डॉक्टर साहब ने बोला था कि जो चीज खाओ फ्रेश खाओ और होम खाओ और ऐसे करते थे कि घर में बनाते थे और उसी वक्त बनाना है उन्होंने बोला था और आधे घंटे के बीच बीच में खा लेना उसको तो उनकी ये बात को फॉलो किया उन्होंने बोला सब चीजें खाओ पर घर की बनी हुई खानी है ऐसा कुछ नहीं कि वो ये नहीं खाना वो नहीं खाना हाँ उन्होंने बोला था कि फ्रूट्स में वो थोड़ी लिमिटेड थी फ्रूट जो है वो अगर आपने खाना है जैसे एप्पल खाना है तो उसको थोड़ा सा वो माइक्रोवेव में चला के खाओ उसको ताकि उसके जो आपको इन्फेक्शन ना हो जाए उससे उसको मतलब तो जैसे उन्होंने और सब कुछ खाओ जैसे वो एक दिन मैंने उनको बोला की मेरा चाट खाने को दिल कर मतलब कुछ मुंह का स्वाद ऐसे खराब है तो उन्होंने बोला घर में बना के उसको खा लो और उसको उसी वक्त बनाओ उसी वक्त खा लो रिमेन्स 
I think that has to remain. So if you think that taking care of our health is making us feel like we are sick, that's why we have to take care of our health. I think that's, that's a wrong attitude to have right at the beginning. Some of the tips that Dr. Minu mentioned, I think those are to be followed by anyone and everyone. Um, so that's the other thing. The, uh, the second question, part of your question was around pain and around, you know, like all of this concerns around that. I think the treatment itself, whether you talk about radiation therapy or with immunotherapy, chemotherapy, it's all for a very limited time. Uh, radiation therapy, the whole treatment can get finished within a month. Uh, sometimes it can get finished within a week with the latest newer protocols. With chemotherapy, immunotherapy, it can last a bit longer, but then again, very, very limited. So it's not like for the rest of the patient's life, they have to keep undergoing treatment unless, of course, there's a recurrence. And if there's a recurrence, then of course, it means that the patient is not 100% mm. cancer-free and it's coming back for some reason or the other. Mm. So um, I think all of this uh, play a role in survivorship and managing survivorship. And there are with you know increasing women in India getting diagnosed in the age groups of 30s and 40s and so on. And, and fortunately, at least in the metro cities with awareness coming up, many of them are getting diagnosed early and they're getting treated very well and they are leading completely normal lives. So I think we have to take away all of this fear. If you look at the Western world, yeah. they celebrate when they yeah, you know, come out of breast cancer. It's a celebration. It's not about, because it does take a toll mentally, emotionally, financially, economically, and so on Absolutely. and so forth. So yeah. once you're coming out of that, you're, you're, you should be considered a champion. like somebody Of course, and we have a champion with us on the panel today. That's Manju Katyalji, our champion today. And I think uh, for everybody who's joined this panel today and is watching this discussion, they can see it with their own eyes, right? This is not something that you can't beat. It is something you can beat. And on that note, I have this one very interesting question from a cancer survivor. She says, I am a cancer survivor. I want to learn what more can I do to stay healthy? So uh, Dr. Valya, if you could answer that. I also want to let everybody know Dr. Govind had to unfortunately just leave us uh, right now because he had to jump into an emergency. But uh, we have Dr. Valya here who's going to be answering all our technical medical questions. So I think it's again a very relevant point which has been asked for by the survivor. What happens is like we see in many of our cancer patients also, once the treatment is completed, they go back to what it was earlier go back to their old routine. So, I mean, it's like, for example, there are certain breast cancer cases which are hormone receptor positive and you need to give them certain tablets which have to be taken for a minimum of five years. Some in some cases, 10 years also. So it is a long period, but it is a simple tablet that needs to be taken and one needs to, and one needs to adhere to that. And in many cases, we see that after they, they, they will take it very religiously for one year for two years and after two years they feel they're perfectly fine nothing okay they're absolutely fine and then the patient suddenly lands up to you lands up with you after seven years he has forgotten you and he has forgotten all the routine tests and then comes and then why the tablet was stopped because i was perfectly fine so that mindset is also there. So adherence, adherence, adherence to the treatment protocol is something which is very important. And, and we very commonly we see patients that they will, uh, especially whenever it is, when they feel they're absolutely all right, they will midway stop the journey, stop the treatment, and then just simply disappear. And then this is something which I always want to reiterate. 
then something like I always keep on telling my patients, if you have had breast cancer in one breast, there are always chances of having cancer in the other breast too. So uh, what in the West we do, we recommend any lady who is more than 40 years of age to have an annual mammography. So even if in those cases where one breast has been removed, your second breast is there, you should still go for an annual mammography. Yeah. I mean, not everybody will go for an annual mammography. They are healthy and then they forget. Just what I feel is a very common concept that once the treatment is over, they feel the treatment is, I mean, it's just over. And because yeah. I'm feeling all right, the treatment is over. So adhering to the treatment protocol, especially if hormonal tablets, if something has been given, the whole treatment protocol should be adhered. And then the screening, the screening still has to continue for the other breasts. The screening should continue for the other cancers too. So being a breast cancer survivor does not make you immune to any other cancer, does not make you immune to ovarian cancer or cervical cancer or yeah. something else. And yeah. plus, then whatever we say as a normal healthy lifestyle, physical activity, a lot of fresh fruits and salads, being uh, avoiding the high risk behavior. So all this will continue later on also. So even, I mean, that there is no compromise for a healthy lifestyle, balanced yeah. diet, being physically active, having a lot of nutritious food and being very, very vigilant on your be body aware and on your screenings. I think that also answers this question, which is about what tests should we regularly do post 40, which is like you said, an annual uh, uh, test is something that they definitely need to get. Is there anything else that you think they need to get done other than a mammogram? So unfortunately, there is no single test which we will say that it will be a screening test for all the cancers. So every okay. cancer is different. For example, for breast, we say a mammography after the age of 40. But then for cervical cancer, we normally ask a pap smear to be done. Hmm. So pap yeah, smear to yeah. be started early, as early as 21 years of age. I think that is another discussion altogether in terms of yeah. the stigma that, that is associated with a pap smear in itself because we know a lot of people who do not even want to go and get a pap smear done. But I think that's... We need another one hour. Just to yes, that. yes. So yeah. for breast, I will definitely say that uh, mammogram, uh, a breast self-examination. There is no compromise on a breast self-examination. So even if you are healthy, you should know how to do a breast self-examination of the remaining breast of the other breast at what time of the, what phase of the menstrual cycle it needs to be done, how it needs to be done, how frequently it needs to be done. Then clinical breast examination that still needs to be done. Mammography, these are the basic simple things that needs to be done. Absolutely. And I think... Uh... Just being, just being mindful of that, I think is so important, right? And I think uh, largely a lot of questions that we've gotten today have been answered by you, Dr. Valia, because you so aptly put, uh, put across details and, uh, you know, very workable, practical ways in which people can ensure that they are safe and healthy and they look after themselves. And when it comes to breast cancer, we are here to tell you that there is no stigma break that stigma, move ahead without fear. There is enough treatment available today. And I mean, you we can see Manju Ji, she has fought breast cancer and she's here and there are plenty of such breast cancer survivors that exist. There are communities all over social media. There are communities all over the internet and offline 
there are support groups available today where you can you can meet other people who are going through a similar experience so uh, i just want to say a big thank you to dr valya for giving us all of these valuable insights also thank you to dr govind babu who had to leave us early but such important inputs from him as well roshni thank you for your very insightful input in terms of you know how how we need to change that messaging really when it comes to breast cancer and there are so many small aspects to it which you highlighted uh, through the discussion and manju ji thank you aapne aaj hamare sath jo apne bare mein share kiya i'm sure jo aaj hame join kare hain ye event ke liye unhone wo suna suni hai baat and they are going home with a bucket full of knowledge and information and i'm sure that's going to help them as they proceed in this journey to fighting breast cancer thank you so much everybody this is breast cancer awareness month and we at spat dialogue have created a lot of conversations in fact just talking about self checks and self examinations as dr valya mentioned we recently put out a video about how your hands are your best friends when it comes to breast cancer so please go ahead do your self examinations live a healthy life eat well go for regular screenings this is not something you need to be scared of break that stigma and we can fight this together and thank you to our event partners rosh pinkathon leap dot club and bayian for supporting us in this cause spag dialogue will continue to create these conversations and bring about a change you can visit us on our website at spagdialogue.com we keep doing these events regularly thank you so much to all our lovely panelists and to our attendees for joining us we overshot the time a little bit but thank you so much for staying with us